Hello, I'm Angela from Team 3 and this is Sound News Broadcasting from the Old Man Studio in Church Street, Portadown. The production is for week ending Saturday the 3rd of December. Can you believe it? We're into December already. And on behalf of everyone here on the Craigavon Talking Newspaper team, welcome to this week's programme. The stories making the headlines this week are from the Portadown Times, TV, Hancock, Disgraceful. And from the Lurgan Mail, Postal Staff Strike Again. Very inconvenient. And now we're going over to our first story and that will be with Sarah. Postal workers began their latest 48 strike yesterday in the latest of several strikes since the summer over pay and conditions. Royal Mail workers in the Craigavon, Lurgan and Portadown areas, as well as across the UK, have been taking part in the action. Postal deliveries are expected to be disrupted for more strike days in the run-up to and after Christmas. A spokesperson for the Communication Workers Union said yesterday, Today, Wednesday the 30th and tomorrow, our members are out striking as part of our official planned strike action across the UK. That will bring us up to Christmas. To date, our members have shown outstanding support during our strikes and have been rock solid. Last week, the CWU wrote to Royal Mail Group CEO Simon Thompson to seek serious negotiations to end this dispute. Industrial action took place on Thursday and Friday last week with further strike days planned for yesterday and today, and on six days in December, including Christmas Eve. Colin Mallon, Communication Workers' Union representative for Lurgan Delivery Office, and Brian Cummings, CWU rep in Portadown last week, led the pickets line at Highfield Depot in Craigavon, where more than 100 workers were out on strike. Mr Cummings said the workers were seeking a pay rise in line with inflation. We were the face for the people who were locked in their houses during the pandemic, he said. Now Royal Mail has turned around a healthy profit. They have offered the workers 2%. A Portadown woman whose elderly mother died from COVID last year says that Matt Hancock's performance on I'm a Celebrity was disgraceful and disrespectful. Martina Ferguson, whose mother Ursula Derry died in January 2021 from COVID, spent much of the pandemic campaigning for better access for relatives to care homes. A spokesperson for the ANI COVID Bereaved Families for Justice campaign, she has also campaigned for the UK public inquiry into the handling of the pandemic to take Northern Ireland fully into account. She was speaking after the former health secretary took third place in the reality TV show. The married MP was forced to resign as health secretary in June 2021 when CCTV images 
of him kissing his aide, Gina Colodangelo, in his office were published in the media. He admitted that this broke the government's own two-metre social distancing rules, which he had been promoting. Earlier this year, the families of some of those who died during the COVID-19 pandemic flew a protest banner over the reality show's Australian camp, demanding Mr Hancock's removal from the show. Ofcom received 1,100 complaints about him taking part. Miss Ferguson said, I'm sure many of Matt Hancock's constituents and parliamentary colleagues will be angry at his absence from Parliament, which was in full sitting whilst he was parading around in the jungle on I'm a Celebrity. Matt Hancock is a former health secretary, not a celebrity. Just look at the COVID death toll across the UK during the pandemic, one of the highest in the world. The UK's COVID public inquiry heard recently that COVID was mentioned on the death certificates of almost 5,000 people in Northern Ireland alone. Ms Ferguson called on Mr Hancock to cooperate with the COVID UK public inquiry and said he should not be cashing in on his political profile through reality television fees. And now for the Rota chemist. During the week ahead, urgent prescriptions will be dispensed at the following addresses. We'll start with Portadown. So from Sunday the 4th of December, the chemist is Boots of West Street, open from 11 until 12 noon. The following Monday the 5th of December, the chemist is Hamill Pharmacy of Thomas Street, open until 7pm. There is no rota chemist in Portadown after Wednesday. Lurgan residents can collect prescribed medicines on Sunday the 4th of December at Clear Healthcare of High Street, open from 11am until 12. Next, from the Monday the 5th of December, the chemist is Boots of High Street, Lurgan, open until 7pm. And there is no rota chemist in Lurgan on Wednesday and none in either Portadown or Lurgan on Saturday. And now for the crime. An ex-soldier who was selling pirate TV packages will be paying for it for the next five years, a judge ordered last week. While Luke Scattergood walked free from Craigavon Crown Court on Thursday of last week after his 15-month jail sentence was suspended for three years, Judge Patrick Lynch KC ordered the 35-year-old to pay Sky £250 a month until he has satisfied a £15,000 compensation order. Scattergood from the Mance Road in Portadown had entered a guilty plea to participating in a fraudulent business in dates between the 1st of October 2018 and the 31st of May 2020. Prosecuting counsel Nicola Orett outlined how an investigator for Sky TV contacted police in April 2020 to report her findings into the supply of Parrot TV packages. Her investigation showed that using his own social media accounts, Scattergood was advertising and promoting 
UFTV packages, which essentially consisted of a fire stick that could illegally access Sky programmes. Ms Orat said the investigator had herself conducted a test purchase and had been sent the fire stick, instructions on how to use it, and having followed them, she was able to watch encrypted programmes. With Scattergood identified as the culprit, the PSNI investigated his financial affairs and they uncovered hundreds of transactions in his bank and PayPal accounts, relating to the sale of just over 50 fire sticks. Ms Orette said that while Sky estimated that if each of Scattergood's customers had taken on full packages on a year's contract, they would have been at a loss of around £275,000. The provable minimum benefit to the defendant is £25,800. Defence counsel Connor Lunny conceded the money seems to have been frittered away on gambling websites but submitted that, in essence, the beneficiaries are mostly his children in that he bought them whatever they needed. He said that having left the army, Scattergood did it for one reason, financial motivation and greed, but he never presented a lavish lifestyle. Imposing the compensation order, Judge Lynch said, "If if you default, it will be a sentence of six months. I'm confident that you won't be back before me, but if you are, you know exactly what will happen. Craigavon lorry driver fined £150. A speeding lorry driver from Craigavon who was involved in a fatal road traffic collision has been fined £150. Imposing the fine and three penalty points on 64-year-old Romantis Milosowskis as Lisbon Magistrates Court on November the 21st. District Judge Rosie Waters said, It was clear from the reports from both police and a forensic science engineer that speed wasn't a cause of the accident, which claimed the life of Alan Jones. The self-employed joiner was on his way to work at around 7am on December 17, 2019, when his van was involved in a collision with the lorry being driven by Milosowskis on the Utah Road near Crumlin in County Antrim. The court was told that when accident investigators checked the tachograph of the lorry, they found the defendant had been driving at 54 miles per hour in the 40 zone. Defence solicitor Kieran Steele said Milosowskis, whose address was given as Bluestone Hall in Craigavon, has asked me to pass on his condolences to the family of Mr Jones. Police fear festive abuse spike. Police in Northern Ireland have warned of a potential spike in domestic abuse over Christmas. With statistics revealing officers dealt with a call every 16 minutes last December and January. As part of the PSNI TIS the Season Christmas campaign, officers will be raising awareness of the signs of all types of domestic abuse and encouraging potential victims to come forward. Police said last Christmas Day alone, 97 incidents and 65 crimes were reported to them. On New Year's Day 2022, police received reports of 161 incidents 
and 100 crimes of domestic abuse, an increase of 17 on the year before. Detective Superintendent Lindsay Fisher said, Christmas is a time of joy and goodwill for many people, but it can also be a time of real fear and control for those in a physical or emotionally abusive relationship. It's important to remember domestic abuse is not just physical. If you are afraid of someone you live with or who you are in a relationship with or if you're walking on eggshells or have no control over your own life, this is also abuse and we can help you. Specialist domestic abuse detectives will be available 24 hours a day during the festive period and will treat all reports seriously. We work with a range of other agencies to ensure that you will receive support to help you break away from the cycle of abuse. There is no excuse for abuse. You are not to blame. The abuser is 100% responsible. Police have also appealed to families and friends to keep an eye out for signs that someone may be a victim of domestic abuse. And now for the local government news. Armagh City, Bambridge and Craigavonborough Council's planners are currently considering an application that could see a former Lurgan pub conserved and renovated. Lodged by agent McCraner and company architects on behalf of applicant PKO Leisure Limited, the application seeks permission to alter, conserve and renovate the former site of the Manhattan Bar at 38 Church Place, Lurgan. Permission is sought to retain the building's use as a public house and the work will see the reinstatement of fire damaged floors and ceilings, the installation of gas fire central heating, rewiring, installation of fire alarm and burglar alarm systems, the repair of historic fabric and the replacement of inappropriate and fire damaged windows. There are also plans to make alterations to the shop front and alter a number of door and window openings as well as reinstate fire damaged roof structures and reslate pitched roofs with natural Welsh slate, reinstate collapsed gables and chimneys and redecorate the entire property. The building, which was built in the mid-1800s, was destroyed in 2014 as a result of an early morning fire. A design and access statement accompanying the application notes the majority of the property had been gutted by the fire with the loss of the roof and most of the upper floors. The statement also notes that in order to make the scheme financially viable, an urban development grant under the Townscape Heritage initiative scheme will be required. It concludes by stating the proposed works are necessary for the long-term sustainable use of the building. They will not adversely affect the character of the building and they will bring a building which is roofless and has been vacant for several years back into occupation. The Urban Development Grant under the Townscape Heritage Initiative Scheme will only be available to buildings in the Lurgan Conservation Area for a limited period. The scheme started in 2019 and will close in 2024.
This building is on Council's priority list to avail of the funding. Due to the condition of the property, grant assistance is vital to make this scheme financially viable. Councillors back 2023 meetings calendar plans. Armagh City, Van Bridge and Craigavon Borough Council's Governance, Resource and Strategy Committee has backed plans for the local authorities' meeting schedule for 2023. At a meeting on November 9th, members of the committee were presented with a proposed schedule of meetings by the Council's Democratic Services Manager, Wendy Geary. With five Mondays in January, it is proposed that all committee meetings and the Council meeting are held a week later in January than they will be in other months. Members were also reminded the local government election is due to take place on Thursday, May the 4th, at the last local election in 2019. New committee meetings were held in April or May, with the exception of the planning in committee in April. The AGM was held on May 20th, 2019, with full council taking place on May 28th that year. Officers proposed similar arrangements for 2023 with the planning committee scheduled to meet on Wednesday, April 5th, but not in May, while Council's full monthly meeting will be held on Monday, April the 17th. Only the AGM and full meeting of Council is scheduled to take place in May 2023, with the August bank holiday falling on Monday, August the 28th. It is recommended Council's monthly meeting moves to Tuesday, August the 29th, and with Christmas Day falling on a Monday in 2023, it is suggested December's monthly meeting takes place on December 18th. It is also suggested in the Performance and Audit Committee be moved from Thursday, December 14th to Thursday, December 7th as well. The chair of the committee, Alderman Stephen Moutre, asked what the likely impact will be on planning caseloads if no meeting of the planning committee is held in April next year. The chief executive, Roger Wilson, advised officers will pick that up with the planning department and stress the need for good communication at the time. A proposal to accept a recommendation for the 2023 meeting schedule with the AGM and May monthly meeting both taking place on Monday, May the 22nd, rather than holding separate meetings, was put forward by Alderman Baxter and seconded by his party colleague, Councillor Margaret Tinsley. A Lurgan councillor has praised the work of Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavon Borough on what they have done so far in its efforts to make the facilities and services accessible to all. Speaking at a meeting of the Council's Governance Resources and Strategy Committee, Councillor Louise McKinstry said she was of the view that the local authority is probably the leading council in Northern Ireland in terms of autism awareness. The UUP councillor's comments followed a report on the draft autism friendly action plan for the year 22-23 financial year. The report set out the steps the council has taken since a motion was adopted by the local authority in 2018 to ensure those with autism spectrum disorder would have full access to services within the borough. The draft autism um, action plan for 22-23 has been developed around the following themes. 
to increase understanding of autism, to ensure facilities and services are accessible to those with autism, to promote inclusive training and targeted initiatives and services, and to encourage partnership, working and community engagement. Within the Council, an e-learning module on autism awareness was launched in November 21. For staff in the community development, health and recreation, tourism, arts and culture and estates and assets management departments and face-to-face -face training was also provided to some staff. By the end of September this year, 191 employees, that is 31.5% of staff within the four departments listed above, had completed the awareness training. The report also noted consultation responses to the local authorities' performance improvement objectives indicate that the council services should be extended beyond those with autism and their carers to other groups with special needs. The report states autism-related training for staff is funded through existing budgets, while other cost costs associated with the plan's implementation are contained within existing departmental budgets. Proposing the committees approve the draft Autism Friendly Action Plan for 22-23, Councillor McKinstry said, there has been fabulous work done so far by the team to make our council probably the leading council in Northern Ireland on this issue. Armagh City, Bambridge and Craigavonburgh Council's planners are currently considering an application that, if approved, could see an eye clinic open at the Boulevard. Lodged by agent TSA Planning Limited on behalf of applicant Episo 4 Bambridge SARL, the application seeks permission to amalgamate Units 70A and 70B at the Boulevard on Cascombe Road and change their use from vacant retail to eye surgery clinic. The proposal includes external alterations comprising of two new doors and screen and all other associated site works. It will see an investment of £700,000 at the site and job opportunities for 10 to 12 people. According to the application form, the site is 0.0389 hectares and surface water and foul sewage collected at the development will be disposed of via the main sewer. Water will be supplied to the premises via the mains. The floor space of the two properties will not be expanded upon as a result of this proposed development. According to the transport assessment form submitted alongside the application, the proposed site benefits from its location as it is situated within close proximity of Bambridge's residential areas and the A1, which links the location with the surrounding areas of Newry, Dromore, Hillsborough and the cities of Lisburn and Belfast. The TAF also notes the development proposal consists of a reception area, optician examination rooms, theatre areas, office and meeting space, kitchenette, staff changing and WC facilities 
and an additional accessible entrance to the side, providing a direct link with the accessible parking spaces. In conclusion, it notes the proposed clinic is predicted to generate a reduced level of vehicular activity, 45 trips per day, than that associated with the potential existing non-food retail use, 72 trips per day. Office misses some targets. Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavon Borough Council's Chief Executive's Office has not achieved 6% of its targets this financial year. While it has fallen behind on a further 25%, a progress report shows. The report on the local authority's Chief Executive Roger Wilson's department covers the period from April to September 2022 and was presented to members of the Council's Monthly Governance, Resources and Strategy Committee. Councils were advised the report shows a progress rating that has been applied to each objective in terms of progress against identified targets. Green means that standards targets are on track or are being met or exceeded. Amber means standards and targets have fallen slightly short or are behind schedule while red means standards and targets have not been achieved or have been missed. In total, 50% of the department's targets have been met and have been marked as green. 25% are regarded as falling slightly short or behind schedule. 6% are regarded as targets not yet achieved or missed, while 19% are marked as grey and they are actions not yet due. The one action marked as red in this progress report is the implementation of the new communications and design organisation structure. The risk identified of failing to meet this target is explained as a delay in filling council's structure may impact on effective service delivery and performance of the council. This performance objective has been marked as red in both Q1 and Q2 of the 2022-23 financial year. It was due to be delivered by the end of June 2022. However, it is noted that progress on this item has stalled due to industrial action and the date for completion is now listed as March 2023 in the report. It also notes there are currently four vacant posts within the branding and communication structure. Among the eight actions marked green within the department are the completion of the 21-22 internal audit report and opinion, the delivery of the internal audit plan for 2022-23, and the draft in internal audit plan for 2023-24 and the completion of the annual fraud report for 2021-22. Armagh City, Banbridge and Craigavon Borough Council's draft Changing Places Toilet Policy is set for public consultation after being unanimously welcomed by members of the local Authorities Leisure and Community Services Committee. At a meeting on Monday of 14th of November, members were advised the creation of a policy which was called for in a motion adopted by the Council in October 21 is now complete and the draft is ready to go forward for public consultation. Changing places toilets meets the needs of people with profound and multiple learning disabilities, as well as people with other physical, physical disabilities, such as spinal injuries, 
muscular dystrophy and multiple sclerosis. These toilets provide specific equipment, including a height-adjustable adult-sized changing table, a tracking hoist system, adequate space for a disabled person and up to two carers, and a peninsular WC with room either side in a safe and clean environment. The Changing Places Toilet enables people with complex care needs to take part in everyday activities such as travel, shopping, family days out or attending sports events. Changing Places Toilets should be provided in addition to standard accessible toilets. The policy sets out priority locations for these specialised toilets, including outdoor sites, to ensure reasonable coverage. The provision of a portable changing places toilet at a minimum of 12 large-scale council-led large events and promotions of CPTs with local businesses and communities. Members were advised the financial implication of this policy will need to be considered on a project-by-project basis. The committee's chair, Councillor Louise McKinstry, paid tribute to her UUP colleague, Councillor Julie Flaherty. I would like to propose this policy. If Councillor Julie Flaherty was here tonight, she would have been pretty quick to speak on this one. So I would like to officially propose the draft policy goes forward to public consultation. The proposal was seconded by SDLP Councillor Eamon McNeil before DUP Councillor Margaret Tinsley voiced her party's support for the proposal. Sinn Féin Councillor Keith Hockeyan confirmed his party's his party was also in support of the proposal and praised Councillor Flaherty for her efforts to make this policy a reality. And now for the deaths in the community. Malone Knee Porter, formerly Aston, 25th of November 2022, peacefully in Craigavon Area Hospital, surrounded by her loving family, late of College Close Lurgan. Edith Elizabeth, devoted wife of David, beloved mom of Judith, Stephen and the late Karen. A funeral service has taken place on Tuesday past in Millen's funeral home, followed by committal in Lurgan Cemetery. McClelland, Bob, in loving memory of our dear brother Bob, passed away the 22nd of November 2022, brother of the late Johnny and Tommy, sadly missed by Day and Ruth. And now for some adverts. And if you're looking for some Christmas jumpers, head off to McMahon's, who have their Christmas sale on, and SDKs have 20% off their menswear. And if you spend £25 at Dobby's this Christmas, you get a £5 off but you do need to have a wee voucher. And then also, um, Linus is the new food outlet there in 
portadown have some savings on pasta, hot and spicy chicken goujons and their Coca-Cola Zero cans. I'd like to promote Portadown College Christmas Gift and Craft Fair, which is taking place on Friday the 9th of December 2022. The venue is the College Assembly Hall from 6.30 to 9.30pm. For adults it is £5 and for senior citizens or students it is £2.50 to enter. Refreshments are included. And you can purchase your tickets from the College Office from the 28th of November to the 9th of December from 8.30 to 4pm. Or from Mila and Me in Hamilton's Bond, Betty Leopard in Market Hill, or from Garden Fresh in Lily's Flowers in Tandragee. And all proceeds raised from the event will be donated to FND Matters NI and the Air Ambulance Northern Ireland. Get active while you enjoy festive family fun. There are plenty of opportunities to get active across the Armagh, Bambridge and Craigavon Borough Council area this festive season. ABC Council has arranged a variety of great seasonal events and activities that are suitable for all ages to enjoy. Here's a rundown of what's on offer. Snow Troop with Santa at Craigavon Golf and Ski Centre. This festive adventure is suitable for children aged 3 to 13 years old and consists of a 30-minute tubing session, a visit to see Santa and a small present. For younger snow tubers aged three years, or for young snow tubers that are unable to get out of their tubes on unaided, their 30-minute snow tube session will take place on the junior slope, where they can safely tube at a more leisurely pace. There are also Christmas individual and festive family snow tubing events. Santa at South Lake, this family experience runs from Thursday, December the 8th to Sunday, December the 11th and Thursday, December the 15th to Tuesday, December 20th. The visit includes seeing Santa and receiving a gift, decorating a festive edible treat, soft play and battle bows games adventure, Christmas art activity, creating a letter to Santa and posting it in the special post box. A mini Christmas fair with an array of stalls from jewellery to textiles, ceramics and florals and the opportunity to enjoy the cafe incredible Christmas treats menu. Tanamore Live Nativity. This heartwarming festive treat at Tanamore Gardens and Animal Farm runs from Sunday December the 4th until Sunday January the 1st from 10am to 4pm each day. This magical experience will allow all the family to find Jesus, Mary, Joseph and the Three Kings in a remake of that world-famous stable, complete with donkey, sheep, cows and other animals. Featuring Galway sheep, Irish moiled cows and pygmy goats, this special nativity display is situated in a converted outhouse on the farm. Santa Saunter Santa Claus himself will be taking time out of his busy schedule to join Lord Mayor Councillor Paul Greenfield on a Santa Saunter in Solitude Park, Bambridge, from Saturday, December 17th, from 12pm to 1pm. Enjoy sensory stations along the route. Complimentary hot drinks, balloons and chocolate lollies for the children, all while spreading festive cheer and supporting the Lord Mayor's chosen charities, Southern Area Hospice Services and Be Positive. Daily Miles Santa Run School. Get Active ABC is running a special competition to encourage schools to get involved in this free, fun and festive event on Friday, December the 2nd. The winning school will receive a visit from local Tokyo 
2020 Olympian Russell White, who competes in triathlon. Russell will meet the winning class and can do a Q&A about his personal experiences in sport and physical activity, as well as run a daily mile with all the children. Holly Jolly Christmas Club. This festive activity at Dremore Community Centre will keep the kids entertained while you head off for some Christmas shopping or to wrap presents. For more information and booking for any Get Active ABC event, go to getactiveabc.com slash Christmas. Following an AA award secret inspection to Kalevi Castle Estate, the venue has just been named as AA four-star hotel in recognition of the exemplary offering at the estate. Following its first AA inspection, the restaurant has been awarded two AA rosettes for culinary excellence, further acknowledging the quality of Kalevi Castle Estate's food and drink offering. The inspector described his dining experience in the restaurant as impressive with thought and imagination shown and the meal experience as worthy of note. Commenting on their visit, the AA inspector said, This is a wonderful property from both the physical point of view with the combination of the heritage of the location blended seamlessly with the new buildings. Jason Foody, General Manager of Kalevi Castle Estate, adds... This is a proud day for everyone in the team at Kalevi Castle Estate. Our goal is to deliver an unparalleled experience to our guests seven days a week and receiving this feedback following an unannounced and secret visit from the AA is recognition of the high standards that our team sets for itself. Kalevi Castle Estate's restaurant and bistro bar is open daily, serving local and seasonal dishes. The recognition from the AA Awards is just the latest in a string of award wins for Kalevi Castle Estate. People in need in Northern Ireland face a very tough winter. The Trussell Trust says it is facing the highest levels of need that it has ever seen in Northern Ireland. Um, from April to September... The food banks in the Trussell Trust Network distributed parcels from 45 locations across Northern Ireland. The key facts show that the food banks have experienced significant increases in need. They have distributed 31,700 emergency food parcels between the 1st of April to the 30th of September including 13,400 parcels for children. This represents a 25% increase in the total number of parcels distributed across Northern Ireland compared to the same time last year. The charity says it is important to recognise that data from food banks in the Trussell Trust network is just one part of the picture of need in Northern Ireland. There is a wide range of alternative emergency food provision supporting people that is not captured. There are also many people who are severely food insecure and who do not receive support from the local food banks. Overall, the network is going into the winter period with the highest level of need they have ever seen. So as we approach the winter months, 
where the food bank is usually facing their busiest period, they are braced for significant further increases. There will be opportunity to donate to the Trussell Trust food banks at ASDA Portadown and Tesco's in Portadown, Lurgan and Craigavon. You may see the trolleys out. Items to include are tinned lentils, beans and pulses, tinned meat, UHD milk, tinned vegetables, tinned fruit and tinned meals. Do not donate fresh items such as bread, cakes or frozen items as these are their sell-by dates are quite short. And now for the sport. Portadown hosted Dremore in the last 16 of the Towns Cup on Saturday. Portadown started the game well and put Dremore under early pressure. A well-earned penalty allowed Portadown to kick to the corner and after some great work by the pack, they got over with their maul, Sam Close putting down after the maul got over the line. Portadown continued to play well in the wind and upped the pressure with centre Chris Cousins getting over to score a second. Dromore scored a converted try to get the game back to 10-7, but Portadown scored a vital try in the second half with wing Drew Fleck getting over wide to bring the score to 15-7. Some excellent defence in the final quarter of the game kept Dromore from getting over the try line. Dromore did kick a late penalty, but Portadown had the last word with a great strike from Matty Neal to take the score to 18-10 to seal the result. The second team were also in action against City of Derry, who started well and quickly raced to a 12-0 lead. Portadown then came back into the game and against the strong wind, John Purdy broke clear of a ruck and ran in under the posts. City of Derry soon scored again using the strong wind to pin Portadown back and with sustained pressure earned another score under the post. City of Derry scored again before half-time making the score 24-7. After the break, Portadown found some momentum and quickly got a score. But another score by City of Derry took them to 31-14. Portadown scored under the posts again, making it 31-19 and another score made it 31-26 for City of Derry. But a final penalty for City of Derry denied Portadown a losing bonus point with the final score 26-34 in City of Derry's favour. Portadown ladies kicked off their friendly with Ofer with a good defensive effort. Ofer were certainly up for the challenge from the off, though Portadown battled all the way to the finish in a hard-fought encounter. They came close at times, including when they were behind by 12-19, to 19, and Portadown pushed hard on the Ofer defence, leading to a quick try from Holly Bothwell to bring the score to 17-19. But again, Ofer put the pressure on Portadown and took their opportunity to make the score 17-26 Building Club End Season Lurgan Building Club members enjoyed a well-attended celebratory of evening in Bunker 43. Lurgan Golf Club, to mark one of the most successful seasons, 
in the club's 109-year history. Irene Cunningham, 2022 club president, warmly welcomed all to the event and following the delicious dinner, paid tribute to the teams who had performed admirably throughout the season and congratulated all of them. She went on to highlight the 10 trophies lifted by the ladies and gents teams, in which was an exceptional and memorable season for both the club and her in the president role, during which she was pleased to be present at all the various finals. Mrs Cunningham made a special mention of Lurgan's young international bowler, Mia Patterson, who was already on her way on an exciting journey to the Gold Coast Complex, Queensland, Australia, to play for the Irish High Performance Team in the triangular challenge between them, Australia and Malta. All three Ulster clubs in Division 1B of the All-Ireland League enjoyed her wins at the weekend. Armagh beat Old Belladere 31-20 with a bonus point success at the Palace Grounds to move up to second place. Bambridge climbed off the foot of the table with a maximum points 35-20 victory over Naz at Rival Park, while Malone have slipped to the bottom of the table despite sealing a 2017 win over Highfield. Armagh made it three wins in their last three games. Hooker James McCormick got the first of five tries for Chris Parker's side, with Cal Falloon adding the conversion. Bambridge parted company with head coach Mark McDowell during the break and the new incumbent in the rival park hot seat, Robert Logan got his tenure off to the perfect start. Band trailed 2010 at the break following a try to Robin Sinton. Ballina Hinch stays sixth in the Division 1A after picking up a losing bonus point in a 2013 home defeat by Cork Con. Centre George Bringle secured Hinch's try with Greg Huntsley, adding a conversion and two penalties. Eden Dairy Primary School Children appear in Forces TV. The hard work of children from Portadown's Eden Dairy Primary School for Remembrance Day paired off as they appeared on British Forces Broadcasting Service. From ours on the poppy by the youngest in P1 to a dramatic interpretation of World War II by the P4s, the children were learn, keen to learn and raise money for the Royal British Legion. With the P6s working on a genealogical World War I study and the P7s focusing on recent conflicts, the school as a whole were fundraising, keen to maintain its highest collecting school in the area award. People sold Royal British Legion supplied slap bands, rubber wrist straps, key rings, badges, etc. And this year focused on a sweeter element to the sombre commemoration. In collaboration with Foster's Chocolate, the school created its own personalised honeycomb and milk chocolate delight. Principal Stephen Doyle said, we sold to the bar and all funds raised went to the local RBL appeal. Our school also ensures to reach out into the wider community and as such we were fortunate enough to receive additional funding from local sporting club Seagull FC and local businesses, Diamond Contract Solutions, Bradford Motorworks and JB Timber Products. This enabled the school to offer the chocolates at an affordable rate in these tough economic times and still raise money for the RBL. The school was also visited by the forces station BFBS and appeared on their Sunday November 11th lunchtime radio slot. Mr Doyle said, 
this worldwide broadcast sent out the innocent voices of our little P4 singers across the globe. From Belize to the Falklands to Gibraltar and back. The show was also focused on their catch-up service for veterans, serving personal and the general public worldwide. Their work received major praise from current NIRBL president, Madge Philip Morrison, who is closely allied with the work of the school and featured in the broadcast. Mr Doyle said, The time around Remembrance Day is always very special with staff and pupils engaged in supporting the work of the RBL. The president of MS Cameron from the BFBS, she records the opinions and talents of our pupils, made this year particularly memorable. It is amazing to think that Eden Derry Primary School voice could be heard from Port Stanley to Paphos. Popular Belfast Steakhouse, Top Blade, opened up in Portadown this week with a £250,000 investment and a creation of 25 new jobs. It's been revealed that almost 2,000 reservations have been made at the new local eatery. Taking on the lease at 8 Mandeville Street, the Top Blade team plan to bring their groundbreaking yet simple concept to impress diners in their new 50-seater restaurant. Manager Kenny Parker said, Our Belfast restaurant regularly serves up over 1,000 steaks every week. We're hopeful that Portadown will create the same excitement and buzz and will bring the people to a new dining experience that will delight all the senses. The extensive refit sees the restaurant enjoy a brand new bar, kitchen and dining area, creating an atmospheric space, along with an impressive entrance which houses a unique Instagram wall. We are very proud of our delicious menu, all our food is sourced locally and we stock the widest range of steaks available here in Northern Ireland. But Top Plate is also more than that. We're sure that what we create will add that little bit of Top Plate magic that keeps our Belfast customers returning time and time again. Top Plate Belfast opened its doors in 2019 with the current team taking ownership during the summer of 21. Hot off the heels of the COVID pandemic and after many months of closure and disruption to the hospitality industry. Aaron Taggart, director, said they saw something special in the 50-seater steakhouse. When this opportunity was presented to us, it immediately felt like the right thing to do. We were excited by the concept and felt that it was a brand that we could roll out. We're delighted that in less than 18 months we are seeing this dream become a reality. We're confident that the busy town of Portadown is the perfect spot for our second restaurant. The Steakhouse officially opened on Wednesday, November the 23rd and has already said has over 2,000 reservations. Aaron added, the response in the run-up to our opening has been phenomenal. 
Protodyne-based Ulster Carpus Limited have marked their return to profitable trading after an encouraging financial year with the announcement of added investment in their weaving technology. The latest financial results from the global carpet manufacturer paint a positive picture after a number of pandemic hit years. The accounts for 2021-22 show an increased turnover of over £14 million, which led to a rise in profits of over £5 million. With strong activity in the UK and European contract markets and signs of recovery in the marine sector, the Portadown-based company is looking toward next year's 85th anniversary with cautious optimism. In his chairman's statement, Dr John Wilson said... Operations were appropriately reduced in response to the pandemic, but with demand coming back, 2022-23 will see a period of rebuilding capacity with the commissioning of new weaving technology in our Portadown headquarters and in our factory in the northeast of England. It will take 12 to 18 months to really see the benefit of this investment and we expect profitability to be affected in the short term as we wait for new capacity to come on stream. Nine companies from across Northern Ireland have made it onto this year's Delight Technology Fast 50 list. Belfast-based fintech company Lightyear, which appears in the Fast 50 for the first time, is the highest-ranked Northern Ireland business, coming in at number 11 on the list. The other businesses featured are Aqua Q Analytics, Datatix, Fibrous Networks, Food Connected, Locate Alocum, Silades, Total Mobile and Workpal. Fibrous, Locate Alocum and Workpal also made it onto the list for the first time. Now in its 23rd year, the programme celebrates the innovation and entrepreneurship in Ireland's indigenous technology sector by ranking the fastest growing technology companies based on revenue growth over a four-year period. BuyMe emerged as the fastest growing technology company, the company which delivers groceries from Lidl, Dunn Stores and Woody's in Ireland in as little as one hour, expanded into the UK earlier this year. Northern Ireland's health trusts insist they are putting plans in place to deal with looming industrial action, but have declined to say what their plans are. Several trade unions have now announced plans to go on strike in Northern Ireland, with industrial action short of strike also set to take place within days. The Unison Trade Union says thousands of its nurses and other health workers will begin industrial action short of a strike on Monday, with a one-day strike planned a week later on December 12th. Members of NIPSA who work in the health service are also due to begin industrial action short of a strike on Monday, with the union having previously announced its intention to stage strikes later in the month. Members of the Royal College of Nursing in Northern Ireland, meanwhile, are due to join their colleagues in England and Wales on strike on December 15th and the 20th. Amid reports, the UK government is considering the use of military medics to deal with NHS strikes in Great Britain. The newsletter asked Northern Ireland's health trusts what preparations are being made to deal with the forthcoming industrial action. With just days to go, a spokesperson for the Northern Trust said it is too early to provide details.
The Belfast Trust, meanwhile, promised to keep the public informed. A spokesperson for the South Eastern Trust said the South Eastern Trust has put contingency plans in place to minimise disruption to services during industrial action. Five new family homes catering for complex needs have been handed over in Craigavon following an investment of more than £1 million. Choice Housing officially handed over the new homes at Dromelan Park as part of a land partnership agreement with the housing executive. The Housing Association developed the previously vacant housing executive site with the new homes, designed specifically for complex needs and wheelchair accommodation. With an investment of over one million, the new development now meets the unique and bespoke needs of five families in the area, including three bedroom generic wheelchair bungalows, a three bedroom complex needs bungalow, and four bedroom complex needs wheelchair bungalows. One of the new tenants for Dromelan Park, Donna Green, recently moved into her new home, which was identified as meeting her family's specific and unique living needs. In particular, for their 13-year-old son, Ryan, who suffers from spina bifida and hydrocephalus, and for the first time, Ryan now has his own bedroom and washroom slash shower facilities, giving him the independence to gain the care he needs in privacy. Donna's new home allows for ground floor bedrooms and a spacious back garden, driveway and living area that will make a significant positive impact particularly on Ryan, who is now able to move about the house in his wheelchair more freely. My son Ryan now has his own space, allowing him to get the care he needs in his own room without the worry of friends or family walking in. With our previous property, he didn't have this. He didn't have the privacy he needed, and it was difficult for him, particularly as he moves into his teenage years. The process of moving was seamless, and knowing that we are getting our forever home made it worthwhile. The housing executive's head of place shaping, South Region, Sinead Collins added, we are committed to working with housing associations to identify opportunities to address social housing needs. Family urges hospice support. As another Christmas approaches without a much loved wife and mother, Angela McCabe's family recall how important and supportive the Southern Area Hospice was in their time of need. This Christmas, Southern Area Hospice Services invite you to remember your loved ones by dedicating a light to them on their very special Christmas tree. The Light Up a Life Christmas tree, organised each year by the hospice, will be illuminated at Craigavon Civic Centre at 12pm on Tuesday, December the 6th. The family of Angela share how supportive the hospice was. Angela was a 38-year-old mum of two. Her husband Frank recalls, we were happy enjoying and living a normal life. Angela loved family life and worked hard to keep everything just right. She was funny and kind and loved to chat. We were just normal, like everyone else, I suppose. Angela hadn't felt well for a little while and had been to the doctor for different things. Then, in July 2017, what she thought was a minor infection was confirmed as a rare cancer and we were given the devastating news 
that it was already at a stage four and terminal. She was only 38. We never thought this would be our story. I really don't know how we got through it all, but Angela had a lot to live for and she did everything she could to stay with us for as long as possible. And so she underwent rounds of chemotherapy. We just needed more time, but time wasn't on our side. Angela wanted one wish, and that was to go on a cruise with the children. And so against all advice, that was what we did. We made a lifetime of memories. This is the one thing from that awful time that I wouldn't change. When we came home, it was clear how unwell Angela was, and hospice respite care was mentioned to us. She was admitted to the hospice in April 19, and we immediately understood what hospice care was. They were simply excellent, and they really helped us through all those last days. I was so unprepared to lose her, and they helped me and showed me how to help the children. Hospice isn't just about medical care and attention, but it was also spiritual support for all of us. Angela passed away in the hospice, but our whole family were all in the care of the hospice for the entire time we were there. We will never forget how they helped us. And so now, myself and the children try our best to help them by raising money every year through the Angela McCabe Cup And we know that this money will help some other family benefit from the same care that we did. Southern Area Hospice Services provides invaluable free support and care to people living within the Southern Area Health Board who are suffering from cancer, multiple sclerosis, motor neurone disease and AIDS. We have now come to the end of our recording for this week. Our thanks to the team of volunteers who edited and recorded and to Mackles for collecting Portadown Times and Lurgan Mail for us and to the Presbyterian Church for the use of the studio. Editing the news this week were Paul and Ken, our technician was Michael and reading with me on Team 3 were Sarah and Jackie. And so Team 3 are signing off. We thank you for spending time with us and all our good wishes for the week ahead. Our team will not be back until January 2023. And can we just, Team 3, take this opportunity to wish you a Merry Christmas and may Christmas bring joy to your hearts and happiness to your homes. Goodbye. Thank you.